If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Delta Airlines and your entire flight crew, it is our pleasure to welcome you to Los Angeles. We ask that you do remain seated with those seatbelts fastened and all carrying items stowed to the aircraft has come to a complete and final stop. What up, what it is, what's poppin', it's your boy KDOT, and I am back with another episode of Hoopers Unhailed. I just landed in the City of Angels. That's right, I'm in Los Angeles, California to chop it up with another Hooper who's writing her story as she's just getting started with her professional career. Monica Hanna, the former Whittier College standout, shares her amazing journey from how she didn't even know how to dribble a basketball to now playing professionally in her native land of Egypt. Stay tuned. Hooper's Unhailed coming up next. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hooper's Unhailed. I am your host, Kevin, better known in this media space as KDOT. And once again, I have another special guest with me. Um, she is definitely, truly a great hooper, and she's still a pro. So I would like everybody uh, to have Monica Hanna on the show. Monica, Hi. thank you for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. And like I told you, um, you know, it, it's great. Uh, we have kind of like you know, good friends, um, good mutual friends. And I pre- of course, I always appreciate um, Daniel. Shout out to Daniel Artest or the Daniel Artest podcast, um, you know, for, for linking us up. Um, so tonight is all about you. And um, I want to kind of go into, you know, your story. Um, of course, Hooper's Unhailed is, you know, giving flowers to, um you know, players of the unheard, you know, untrumpeted, unheralded. So I want to give you your flowers and you're still, I mean, you're still at it. So we're going to have fun with it. Uh, So the first thing that I want to talk to you about is what I call humble beginnings, right? So, you know, tell us and, you know, tell the listeners, you know, where did you first get your love for the game? Um, Where did you first pick up a basketball and this is kind of a loaded question. So we're basically going to jump all the way into when you first loved the game, all the way until kind of like your, you know, your current position as a professional basketball player. Right. So tell us about that. Right. So funny story is I actually hated basketball growing up as a kid because everybody was like, you're so tall. You're so tall. You should play basketball. You should do this or that. And I was just like, you know, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I, growing up, I was like more so like, I want, I don't want to be told what to do. I just want to be able to find what I like to do and do it from there. Um, and funny thing is, is that like seventh grade, I went to Belfar high school and Belfar middle school. So it was all one school, one big school. 
So um, the okay. basketball coach, who was also coaching the middle school players as well as the high school players, um, comes up to me. He was like, hey, how tall are you? And I was like, oh, I'm a good, like, you know. At the time, I was like 5'11", so almost six feet by seventh grade. And I was like, yeah, I'm like 5'11", six feet. And I'm like, what's up? I, was, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know why he was coming to talk to me. And, um, you know, I was very, like, to myself and very shy <laughs> as a seventh grader. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and so he comes up to me. He's like, yeah, we're having intermediate basketball trials. I would love for you to come. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, not another one. Like, here we go again. He was like, no, just come out and try it. And, you know, if you like it, you can stay. If you don't like it, you can leave mid-trial. And I was like, all right, fine. So next day we have tryouts and this is after school and I remember like I don't even have basketball shorts I don't have basketball shoes I didn't have no athletic gear whatsoever like I only had my PE clothes and even that it was only had some sweats on so that first day I walked into trials <laughs> I remember with some gray sweats and it had a white t-shirt on and I had these ones that I just walked around in like as a normal day in school like <laughs> And then, um, hold on. Yes. Before before you go, man, it was rough. You said you said you had some you had some ones. All right, so you already know. I'm from New right. York, so I gotta ask. Low top, mid top, or no, high top? They were top. high tops, and they was custom. I remember I was begging my mom for them at the time. I was like, Mom, I really want to customize these shoes. Like I've always loved shoes, like growing up. Like that was one thing I was in tune with. And I was like, Mom, I want to customize these so bad. And she was like, All right, if you get good grades. I remember I got straight A's the year before and I was like, oh, I'm getting these shoes, you know? And I remember they were like purple and white and they had these little like nice little print on it. Like <laughs> it was just so, nice. so childish, but you know, it was my first pair of like, I would say basketball shoes, I guess, because they were basketball shoes. And um, yeah, so then I had those on, had some sweats on, had a white t-shirt on. And then the first thing we do is we, we start, you know, just stationary dribbling. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. So and he's looking, he's demonstrating. And it's crazy because this is going to sound so cliche and cheesy. But the minute I touch the ball and I start dribbling, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> like, I like the feeling, you know, I was like, OK, you know, I'm feeling this. And I'm, of course, I was messing up and stuff. And at that point, I'm dripping sweat. And I was used to be very, very chunky as a kid as well. So I was maybe about 60, 70 pounds heavier than I am now um so I'm over there dribbling the ball and stuff and then we go into layups and he's teaching how to do a layup and all this stuff and I was like you know I really like this like this is really cool like and I'm looking around me and everybody else is tall around me as well so I was always the tallest girl in the school you know obviously you got bullied for being tall being the one that's standing out so I just finally found my place where I can fit in and not be looked at as an outsider and that's what really mm-hmm. made me fall in love with the game was that I felt confident in the space that I was at. Like, it wasn't like I'm the tallest girl or like all these girls, are, you know, dressing differently than me. And like, I'm more of an aggressive, assertive person and not, you know, females are not supposed to be looked at like that. Like, it was that type of thing. So that's really what made me like fall in love with it. Honestly, it's just I felt so comfortable in the space that I was in. And I realized like I can let out my aggression and my assertiveness on the floor, you know. I, I get it. Listen. I'm the opposite. <laughs> so I was a shorty and I'm still a mm-hmm. shorty, right? So like I was that kid, you know, coming from New York. Um, like I, I actually got cut my seventh grade year. Like I moved to South Carolina when I was like in elementary mm-hmm. school, but I still kind of carried that New York swag. But I actually got cut um, because I was first off, to be honest with you, I wasn't really that good yet, but I was also like like five, three, right. maybe. You know what I'm saying? So 
you know, always being called shorty, always getting like for the, you know, with the tall kids, they, you know, rubbing <laughs> your head because, you you know, they're tall, yeah. you know, so like I, I always got that as well. Um, So, you know, like I said, it was the opposite for me, but, you know, I totally right. get it. Um, you know, so let's, you know, let's go into, you know, your, your high school career. So what was it like, um, once you finally, you know, got the grasp of, of basketball, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your high school career. And then, you know, of course we'll, uh, jump into college. Um, so my high school career, obviously, because I started really, really late as a seventh grader, I really didn't get really good until maybe my junior year, senior year. Um, junior year is when I started mm-hmm. noticing big changes in my body and noticing obviously me dropping weight. I'm starting to learn how to do like little footwork stuff and actually making shots now if I'm learning how to shoot well, all that stuff. Because I didn't play much uh, my ninth and tenth grade year. Uh, ninth grade year, I ended up dropping from varsity um, to play on JV just to get the experience and the game experience and all that stuff. So um, I really didn't start getting good until I would say mostly senior year. Um, and by then, that's when I was learning all these new moves and just starting to work on my craft a lot. Like by then, I, I maybe lost about 40 pounds um, by then. And in one year, I actually ended up losing 20. So it was crazy the way like my body was changing and stuff. But um, I went from being a total scrub to riding the bench um, to just people who not knowing who, like who really I was and like just not looking at me as a threat on the floor to, hey, we need a guard, or hey, we need a double team, or hey, we got to make sure, you know, like, and I'm hearing this happening as I'm playing and stuff, and it was just, it was just a big, like, blessing to see, like, all my hard work finally paying off, and then um, I ended up my senior year, I got, I got athlete of the year, I got my name in the gym, I've broken multiple records, I was the second um, girl in the school's history to record a triple-double um, with rebounds, points, and blocks, and um Ooh, yeah nice, <laughs> it, was, nice. it was such a great feeling like and the crazy part is I had no idea I was just I was just playing and I was just enjoying my time and having a good time and then my coach texted me at the end of the night he was like well you did it I was like did what he was like second girls in school history to record a triple double I was like what like that's crazy like and it's just I that's honestly probably my my favorite moment only because um coming from where I came from and just like not knowing a lick about basketball to you know, breaking records and, you know, having history and just leaving my name at Bellflower High School, like that really meant the most to me, you know. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, you know, you have, you know, these accolades as a senior. Um, So talk a a little bit about how like your recruiting process was. You say you were a late bloomer. Um, So I, I do understand that, you know, you had a few colleges looking at you. So Tell us what that experience was like, because I can say that I honestly never had that experience. I mean, I I was right. a walk on. Um, so I, you know, never really had the, you know, um, experience of colleges, you know, writing me letters, um, giving me offers on an athletic perspective. Like it's always been academic. Right. So tell us a little bit about how the, uh, you know, the the offer process and the recruiting process so, was funny for you. story is I actually didn't receive that many offers as um, it may have sounded like um, I ended up going to a Juco. I went to Fullerton college. Um, I'd had no idea okay. about the NCAA clearing house. Both of my parents are not from here. They're both from Egypt. Um, my coach also didn't really give me a lot of insight about that as well. So 
I actually took the SAT and the ACT last minute and I didn't study for it. So it just wasn't exactly a good situation for me to be in. Um, You know, I don't regret anything that I've been through or don't regret going to a big school or getting a scholarship or anything. But um, I, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I was able to go to a JUCO and now girls can look at me or like little girls can actually just be like, Hey, like, well, she went to a JUCO. She still went pro. Like, you know, like it's not just one way, you know, people have to do it. There's multiple ways that you can go on your journey and still end up getting to your end goal and what you want to do. So um, me going to a JUCO just, I think, really humbled me in the way. And it just allowed me to work even harder and take kind of like the harder, longer route. So, yeah, so I never really had like that much schools. I remember maybe like two schools written to me. Um, but either way, I couldn't escape, accept any scholarships due to my NCAA clearinghouse. So that was like out the question anyways, you know. Yeah. So were were you like a prop for 48? Is that is that what it was um, as far as like the, the clearinghouse? Because from what I understand, so going through my process, I, I did understand the, the right. clearinghouse. Right. So um, fortunately, I was, a, you know, I was able to pass whatever whatever it was but I I hear um you know other stories of other athletes who um you know went kind of through the same process but didn't know about um you know the clearinghouse and unfortunately when they came into to school you know they weren't able to like play maybe like the first semester because they were considered a prop 48 um my mentor I remember him saying this on another podcast and shout out to Rashad Phillips you know, that's, that's what happened to him his first year. Um, he, you know, he had to kind of sit out. So was, was that kind of like the same um, situation or was it just a case where you just had to, you know, go to a JUCO and, you know, you know, right, do so your thing there. So just going to a JUCO and just doing my thing. Um, and that okay. day actually um, when I was deciding which school to go to, cause I had, I had one game where we played against St. Joseph. It was a CIF game. And um, that game, I remember I just, I balled, I balled out. We won by one. I hit the buzzer beater. Like, it was crazy. And it was just, all these Juco coaches were just in the stands. <laughs> Obviously, no, like, you know, universities or nothing because I couldn't get any scholarship anyways. I couldn't accept anything. Um, and I had, like, Compton and I had Fullerton and um, Citrus and just all, basically a lot of people from the Orange Empire Conference were really there. And one coach obviously stood out to me and her name was coach Foster. And she really related to me because she talked to me about me playing um, the post and how she can develop my game. And, you know, we can kind of stretch it out. And I just, there was just a connection with her that I knew, like I'll be able to get to where I needed to get to. Um, So, yeah. So then I just chose Fullerton and we just rolled from there and stayed there for two years and then left and then did my thing from there. (laughs) Gotcha. So let's go. Let's get into a little bit of detail. I want everybody to know how nice you was as a freshman. So just throwing some stats out there for the people. So at Fullerton College, our girl, she averaged uh, as a freshman 9.2 points per game, but per 40 minutes, she averaged 17, right? right? So she also had uh, 8.3 rebounds a game played 21, um, almost 22 minutes on uh, 42% shooting. And, I mean, as a freshman, come on. That's, I mean, right. that's pretty impressive. 
that's pretty impressive. Like I, I you know, most most freshmen don't even smell right. the floor right. sometimes. So, you know, that's pretty impressive. And then um, you know, going in going into your sophomore year, um, you know, just a a small drop, you know, in in points, um, but right. more rebounds. So uh, you know, I'm sorry, it wasn't a small drop in um, point. It was a uh, increase in points, 11.4 mm -hmm. points per game, um, but just a small drop in points per minute. So it was still about uh, 17. It was close to 18 right. freshman year, but um, it's like 17 and a half uh, your sophomore year, but you're grabbing, um, you know, 10.4 rebounds. So you're, you're averaging a double-double. Yeah. <laughs> That year was actually you know really saying. tough for me. Um, I had a really bad concussion that year. And um, as I oh, wow. actually saw, like, you know, I was getting better every year, and that's just how it was going. When I had that concussion, um, I really felt like I wasn't the same, and my coach noticed it as well. And just, like, the way I was running mm -hmm. and my focus and everything, like, it was just – it just – it affected me a little bit. But, like, we've had multiple talks kind of to refocus and, like, hey, we can't let this stop you because I was out for almost two months um, – preseason so I wasn't able to play any of the preseason game maybe like two games and then I ended up getting that concussion but um again like just me kind of just refocusing and having her um coach Foster just staying on my head and you know telling me like you can't let other stuff affect you and how you play and everything like that was real big for me and that's actually what got me through that year and allowed me to have that increase and get better and um make all conference and all that stuff like it's about growth, like little victories every day. And that's, that's how I kind of live my life and go about my journey. Cause if you get 1% better every single day, that's 365% better you get per year, you know? So yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. So after, um, you know, you know, after Fullerton, um, you were able to, you know, transfer and get a scholarship. Now, please correct me. Um, mm -hmm. if I'm wrong here for permission for the pronunciation of this. Um, is I it went Whittier? to Newman first. So I went to Newman University. So you yeah. went to, okay. So you went to Newman first, then you went um, to Whittier. So tell us, tell us about Newman and then we'll get in, um, we'll right. get into so, to Whittier. Newman um, was a horror story for me. <laughs> it was probably the worst oh, wow. experience I've ever, ever dreamt that I would go through. Um, I left there. Well, I went there a lean 180. I left there maybe a depressed 160. <laughs> um, I When I got there, you know, obviously, like, you know, coaches tend to sell the dream and they tend to make it seem like everything's going to be okay. And um, you get there and it's just a totally different right. story, which is okay, you know. But um, my issue was that when I tried to speak to the coach and ask him, what can I do better? What do you need me to do? Like, it was none of that, you know, it was just a lot of neglect and a lot of um, just kind of just sit there. I make the decisions and that's it. So I ended up sitting eight games straight did not even touch the floor. I maybe played 30 seconds out of those eight games. And um, I asked to redshirt. I asked for a lot of things and it just didn't didn't pull through for me. So I sat there and called my Juco coach and I was like, hey, like I need to get out of this situation. Like I worked too hard for this, like. You know, I started from the bottom, complete bottom. I wasn't even able to run up and down the floor as a seventh grader. And now here I am getting a scholarship, breaking records, you know, putting my name out there. So um, for me to just 
sit there and just watch other people play over me and over me and over me. And I, it was just driving me insane. And like, I really just mentally, I couldn't, I couldn't take it no more. Um, so then I left mid-season after the semester was over, I was gone. Um, I ended up transferring to Whittier College. And I think I played maybe like eight, 10, eight to 12 games, maybe. Um, one of one of those, I played a couple of games at Whittier College. And um, I remember I flew off the plane uh, coming from Kansas back to California. And then um, the next day I went to practice with them. And then the following day after that, I find myself starting over there. And that game, I felt like an animal that was locked out, like locked in the cage, just like just finally escaped. Like that's how I felt my first game back. Um, I had like. Well, let's give right. let's give the people some context because that animal played right, against yeah. George Fox, and she had fifteen points. Um, it I, I couldn't I couldn't get your rebounds, but. Just to put some additional context, after coming to Whittier, you end up averaging 10.6 points, 9.3 rebounds. So that's amazing. You know, and, you know, this is your junior year. So, you know, you're getting yourself acclimated. um, And now you're a senior. You know, it's, it's big time. So, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about your senior year and how, um, you know, how did that go? And, you know, uh, we'll we'll move right into what I call ill hoop stories. So before we go to the ill hoop stories, let's talk about um, your senior senior year. My senior year went nothing how I wanted it to go. Um, As you see in like the stats, Mm -hmm. like I had a huge decrease in points and in rebounds. And um, I was also dealing with a lot of injuries that year. I had another concussion that year. that actually no one knew about. Um, I got in a car accident and I didn't want to just sit out for my senior year. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this to myself and just keep it rolling. I'm going to watch my symptoms. I've been through a concussion before. <laughs> like I know how this goes. Um, so I really just kind of mm-hmm. kept it to myself. But like my perception was off. I wasn't making any shots. Um, and it was just it was just a lot of things that went wrong that year. And I was just list- telling myself um, – that this is it, like, I'm not going to play again, like, there's no way no one's going to pick me up, there's no way I'm going to be able to go overseas with this, like, everything is done for me, like, it's done, and um, my, I remember my last game of the season, I think I only had, like, four points that game, and I was just in my room that night, and I remember I was just crying my eyes, and I was like, dang, like, this is it, like, (laughs) my basketball dream is done, like, I played trash this year. Like my, my numbers were not good. I just, I couldn't get them, couldn't get the ball in the basket. And at the end of the day, like I can't be mad because I did do everything that I could do. I was in the gym. I did my extra work. I time managed really well, like to make sure that I had time to have that extra time in the gym. But you know, sometimes it just happens, you know, people get in slumps and things happen, but um, yeah. So senior year went terrible for me, but you know, we're here now. So (laughs) Yeah, and that segues into what I call ill hoop stories. And the reason why I call this ill is because you know, you know the, the lingo, you know the slang. You always, you know, go through some of the illest things um in life. And you know, it's kind of like a New York thing where we where we're like, oh, yeah. you know, that yeah. oh, that's ill. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I I wanna I wanna use this time to kind of have you tell us your story 
of getting into the pros, right? Getting into your pro career. So, um, you know, can you kind of, you know, share with the listeners, you know, even after everything that you went through your senior year and, um, you know, everything that, that happened, you know, with the accident and you, um, you know, just coming back and, and not playing the way you wanted to. Tell us about the story on how you became a pro, because I feel like that's one of the, the illest right. kind of like comeback stories. So right. tell so us, tell for, us a little bit about that. After I graduated, um, I thought that my career was over. I thought that I was never going to play basketball ever again. So I actually didn't touch a ball for eight months. Um, I couldn't even look at the floor like people were inviting me to their games because obviously, you know, the next season came and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm busy this and that. But reality was I just really I couldn't even look at a basketball like I just felt like basketball broke my heart for the first time, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and it just it was it was just really right. hard to watch and really hard to look at. I remember I kept all my balls in my trunk like I kept all my shoes. In my trunk. I didn't want to look at anything related to basketball. All my pictures were taken down from my room, like anything basketball related. I couldn't look at <laughs> I remember I just felt like every time I looked at it, I felt like I just wanted to burst into tears just because I was like, it's done for me. But like, it meant so much to me, but I just didn't know what I was going to do next. Um, then later on, I got an email from Dustin Simcox. He's the um, coordinator of Eurobasket. And he was like, hey, like we have a summer camp in Vegas. We, we're, we're inviting you to. And I'm just like, did this dude not see my senior year? Like, how can he invite me to a pro summer camp, you know, league for exposure just to just to get the exposure? And I ended up going to the Vegas camp. And I remember it just was like a wake up call for me. Like, I remember I was working out a little bit before that, maybe for like a good month. And um, I kind of got myself in like semi shape, but like I wasn't in full shape that I wanted to be in. Um, like I used to be in college. So with that being said, like, I remember I got ranked um, maybe, like, 11th or 12th in the camp. And, um, again, I was disappointed. I was just like, well, that's no good. But it was a reality check to me. And it just showed me, like, hey, like, you still have a chance to do this. You need to keep going type of thing. Um, so after that, right. after that camp was over, um, I got a couple emails from certain um, – from certain coaches, but, you know, I just wasn't sure. And they were like, Hey, yeah, we want to offer you this per month and this per month. And I didn't have an agent. I didn't have someone that I can talk to. So I just kind of just left it there. And I was like, you know, I don't even know. I'm not ready. I'm physically not ready. I was gained another 20 pounds just for me sitting out and not doing anything for eight for eight months. And I was just like, this is just a stretch for me. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but then after that, I ended up finding a trainer. His name was Robert Valentine. And I was training with him and I was telling him, you know, everything I was going through. And then um, he kind of got me started. Um, he gave me so much confidence to start off. And then, um, yeah, so then we kind of just started moving on from there. And then I heard about the WBA, which was a semi-pro league that I ended up participating in. And even that didn't even go well for me. Um, the situation that I was in and the team that I was in, it wasn't a great situation for me. But again, it was a reality call and it was just more like, hey, like you can do this. Keep going. Keep working. Keep staying in the gym. And just like that spark started to slowly come back in me. And I just felt like basketball life was like finally breathed back into me. And um, yeah, so then I ended up getting the highlight tape out of that and, you know, some stats and some minutes and stuff. And then um, I ended up speaking to um, a girl named Fatima and she was she was running him. She was also playing in the WBA league as well. 
and um we were driving five and a half hours every mm-hmm. single weekend to play in these games we had to pay for our own hotel pay for our own food so it was it wasn't an easy it wasn't an easy um <laughs> really easy call to just play in you know it was like gonna take a lot of commitment and a lot of money and a lot of time and I was like you know what like you're gonna have to invest in yourself before someone else does so you might as well just take this time and get the experience and you know you get to travel a little bit um and just kind of just play basketball so I took that route and um, coming out of it, I was disappointed and I was not happy with the outcome of how I played. Um, But then again, just doors just kept opening from there. And Fatima is actually playing in Egypt right now. And I get a call from her. Yeah, she's playing in Egypt right now. Um, I'm not sure which club, but I know she's over there. Um, I was talking to her friend Takara and I was telling her, hey, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I've been working out, working out. Like, I just, you know, I don't know what to do. And this was like maybe like three or four months after the WBA. Um, And I just was confused. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, everything's dead. It's COVID. You know, I'm not hearing from anything. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And um, Fatima was like, hey, like, stop stressing. Um, There's a dude in Egypt here that's actually looking for a player like you. And um, I'm going to get you in contact with him. But I just need you to send me your highlight tape. So I get a highlight tape. I send it in to her the next day. I get a call at 9 a.m. And she goes, hey, I'm going to send you an audio message really quickly. Um, hang up and then call me back. I was like, OK. And I'm just waking up, obviously. And um, and yeah, and she and then it was an audio message from from the agent. And he was like, yeah, we want to sign her for next uh, for next season. Let's let's get in contact. Give me your contact information. And I remember I burst into tears right away. And I was like, this is not happening right now. <laughs> There is no way. There's no way this is happening. <laughs> so then I called the other trainer that I've been uh, working with. His name is Stevie. Um, and I was like, yo, like, guess what just happened? Like, they're trying to sign me for this next season. And I'm just, like, ecstatic. And I remember telling him, I was like, mom, I need my passport. Like, you need my passport. <laughs> I got to send it in to this guy. Like, and then um, they end up signing me. And then, um, yeah, so then I ended up getting played. Now I'm about to go to Egypt to play and possibly play on the national team because I'm from there. So, Crazy. It all happened in one day. So. <laughs> wow. That, that's ill. See, this is why we call it ill who stories. So, Thank you so much. Congratulations. For sure. Um, and, you know, and remember when we were talking earlier, right. you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a former hooper. Right. We're, we're all creatures of habit. So I know when when we talked about scheduling this, um, I know you had like your training right, schedule. Right. I did not want to break that schedule. As as a hooper, like when you have a training regimen, when you have a schedule, we 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 have to stick by it. Um, and you know, Thank like you that's so that's just so ill. I'm so happy for you. Um, and I you know I wish you luck. You know, um, as you embark on your new journey. So these are, I mean, these are just perfect segues into the next thing. Like, so tell me what's next for Monica Hanna. What are your expectations? And, you know, kind of give the listeners, um, you know, some, some words of encouragement, because this is, this is something special. I mean, you, you went through and you battled and now look at where you're right. getting ready to be from a professional level. So, you know, tell us what's next 
And then, you know, if you have anything, you know, to help inspire the right. listeners, I would say please mostly, um, um, share that with just us. Just continue to grind, even though you go through like so many circumstances and things may not go your way. It's just a matter of just not giving up. And, you know, sometimes you may need some time off. Sometimes you may need to regroup, but just keep going and keep grinding and keep chasing after what you really want. Because I just for me, I just didn't want to wake up and feel like I literally have to go to work every single day because I tried that route. I was going to be a physical therapist. I was like, I'm doing this as an assistant. But I was like, no, like I can't do this every day. Like I'm a basketball, I'm, I'm a basketball player. Like that's that's who I am. That's where my heart is. So biggest thing is just do not give up and just keep going because you gonna keep looking back and looking back at different memories and different scenarios and be like, wow, like I really did that. Like I've I've conquered this, I've conquered that, I've conquered this, and now I'm here, you know? So just don't give up. Just keep going. Keep fighting. Nice. So with you um going to Egypt, so when, you know, what what's the process like? What you know, what are you gonna be waiting right. for? I know you're kind of like in training right now, so you know what's what's the what's the next steps before you right. um, so right travel now, to Egypt um, to play twice um, to a play day. there? Um, I'm in the gym from like eleven to two thirty or twelve to two thirty, depending on um, what my trainer says now. And then we have weights from seven thirty to nine thirty. Um, I'm doing that. And as far as just paperwork and stuff, I'm going to be leaving in June to go get my citizenship handled because I have to be there physically to sign the papers and stuff. So I'm going to be gone for about 10 months. Um, mm-hmm. Normally, it'll be like eight, six to eight months. But because I'm a rook and I got to go get some stuff figured out, I'm just going to be leaving in June. So, but yeah, it's just a lot of training, um, eating right, staying healthy, um, getting my sleep. And yeah, just basically eat, sleep, train, <laughs> repeat, you know. I feel you. So the listeners, right. they have to follow this journey. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of, you know, plug in, you know, your, your IGs, your Twitters, you know, whatever you, uh, you know, whatever you feel where, where people can find you so they can kind of, you know, be in this journey with you because I'm all about sharing and I'm all about, you know, our listeners being able to, um, right. you know, follow our, our unhailed hoopers because you are truly Thank you. an unhailed hoopers. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're officially, you know, you're officially one of the crew, you know, you're, you're in elite company. Um, I'm right. talking about uh, Ashley Battle. I'm talking right. about Maria Laterza, um, Jada Jefferson, um, I just dropped one with Justina Knight, um, Zachary Ramey, and as right. well, of course, Daniel Artest. Thank you. Thanks for so, having me. <laughs> welcome to the club. I'm glad, I'm glad I had this journey. You know, I mean, it opened so many doors. And, you know, I just really hope, like, somebody can get inspired from it. Like, that's the main thing, you know? That's really what it's all about. Absolutely. So, yeah, go ahead and, you know, if you want, you know, you can you know, share your, your socials. Um, and, you yeah, know, we'll so just, my Instagram you know, is we'll wrap Mo it up from there. with a Z underscore. And then my Twitter is Mo underscore buckets with a Z. And then on Facebook, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really on it. I'm just on there for like contacting agents and stuff, but um, you can just find me Monica Hanna and probably pop right up. But yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love, appreciate the time that you had to speak to me and hear my story. 
absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This has been Hooper's Unhailed. Of course, as always, I am your host, KDOT. And as I always say every week, peace and love to everybody out there. And we'll holla at you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another Unhailed Hooper, another story told. I would like to thank my guest, Monica Hanna, for sharing her continued story. And I definitely wish her the best as she continues to write it. Well, I'm off to the next city. So in the meantime, in between time, this is KDOT signing off. Wishing you peace and love to everybody out there. This has been another episode of Hooper's Unhailed. Flavor production. Yeah.